from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Shalom and welcome. We're about to start the holy day of Simchat Torah, in which we celebrate the joy of the words of God. You may have never heard of this festival before, but I assure you, it's a favorite for many Jews around the world, and you are about to understand why. What does a Simchat Torah celebration look like? Well, imagine that you are passing outside a synagogue on Simchat Torah night. You're going to hear singing from the street, people calling out in tune as loud as they can, filling the world with the melody of Torah. There are kids running past to get inside of the synagogue, laughing and pulling their friends with them, eating candy and sweets to represent the sweetness of the Torah. As you step inside, you're going to see men and women on their separate sides, dancing and singing in circles. There are no instruments, only the sounds of the congregation as they raise their voices up in song and praise to God. Like one person with one heart, everyone is moving together in the same direction, and people of every background are joining together and holding hands inside of the synagogue. Their dancing is making circles and several thick rounds around where the Torah is. In the center, you're going to see those people holding Torahs tightly against their chest, and they're dancing and singing the loudest of everyone. As you get closer to have a good look at the people holding the Torahs with tears in their eyes of emotion and love, you'll probably feel someone grab your hand and pull you into the outermost circle And suddenly your feet will start moving on their own as you try to keep up with all of the people dancing in joy and ecstasy. The dancing circles get faster and faster. And with every turnaround you circle, you're getting closer and closer to the center. Suddenly, you'll hear the rabbi hush everyone to call out that the first official circuit or hakafa is about to begin. Let's see. What's a hakafa? A hakafa is the prayers that we yell out in Simcha's Torah. The rabbi will call out each line in song with seven of them total. And you'll hear after each line that the congregation will answer in the exact same words as loud and passionate as they can. Number one, we implore you, Lord, deliver us. And you'll hear the congregation say, we implore you, Lord, deliver us. Number two, the next hakafa, we implore you, Lord, grant us success. And all the congregation says together, we implore you, Lord, grant us success. The next one, the third, we implore you, Lord, answer us on the day we call. The fourth, God of all spirit, deliver us. The fifth, Examiner of hearts, grant us success. The sixth, mighty redeemer, 
answer us on the day that we call. And then it seems for the seventh that he pauses just for a second. And then the singing of the song Torah Hashem Tamima, the Torah of the Lord is perfect, restoring to the soul, starts again, and everyone starts to dance. You see, synagogues are usually filled with a different type of service. The prayer is usually, generally, serious and introspective, nothing like the holy bedlam of Simchat Torah. So why do we celebrate Simchat Torah? Why do we completely change our demeanor from serious and introspective to one of a holy party on Simchat Torah? Well, the short answer is simply to celebrate God's word. It's about celebrating God and the Torah. And this one day, it's for him. This holy day is so important. The Old Testament commands us in two separate locations to have a separate celebration immediately after the seven-day Feast of Tabernacles that we just finished celebrating the day before. When we read about this holy day in Numbers, the text says, in addition to what you vow and your free will offerings, offer these to the Lord at your appointed festivals, your burnt offerings, grain, grain offerings, drink offerings, and fellowship offerings. Why does the text here say your free will, your burnt offerings, your appointed festivals? Why doesn't it say our festivals? The renowned medieval French rabbi named Rashi comments on the repeated use of the words you and your in this specific verse that we just discussed from Numbers. He tells us that by stressing your and not using the word our, that God is saying to us on Simchat Torah, your parting is difficult for me. Your parting, not our parting. Why? Because God never leaves us. He's always waiting there right by our side for us to return to him. But after the seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles, of staying in our hut, after those seven days of being so close to God, we go back to the world. And sometimes we might stray from that closeness to God that we developed over the high holidays. So God is inviting us. Okay, now that you ended the Feast of Tabernacles, come, come and spend one more day of closeness with me. Spend one more day together. He doesn't want us to go back into the world and lose our closeness to him. This is his gift to us, a parting gift to say, even after these high holy days end, don't go too far because I'm always by your side. When you felt that God was far from you, did you stop and think maybe I was far from God? Because the truth is that God never goes anywhere. He's always here for us. So we need to ask ourselves, have we strayed? Has our heart got distant? Are we the ones that are far from God in those moments and not God from us? We just built this amazing closeness to God through our worship all over the high holy days. We worked on ourselves and strengthened our relationship with him. All the holy days leading up to this were like the engagement and wedding stage of a relationship. Our whole world was our closeness to God. 
But now the wedding is over. And before we go back into the world, God says, let's spend one more day together, like a couple on their honeymoon, setting the foundation for the rest of their lives, or in this case, the rest of the year. We just need one more day to capture some of that closeness we just built and take it with us into our year. But the question that we all should be asking is how? How do we take that closeness with us? This day is also about celebrating the Torah. Simchat Torah literally translates to the joy of the Torah, of the Bible. On this day, we finished the weekly Torah reading or Parsha cycle. We finished reading the entire Bible. And what do we do once we finished that cycle? Immediately, we start it again at Breshit, at Genesis. We celebrate to show our joy at having completed the Torah another time around. And the joy that we get from studying God's word, the closeness we feel from that. So what exactly is the Parsha cycle? As many of you may remember from my very first podcast, and we can link it here, I explain in depth what a Parsha cycle is. But here I'm going to give you a short refresher. The word Parsha means a division. The Torah was divided up into sections, and every week we read a designated section of the Torah during the Sabbath services. Over the year, we read through the whole Torah from beginning to end. In Deuteronomy, Moses instructs the tribe of Levi and the elders of Israel to read the Torah out loud. So that's essentially when we started. And we never stopped. We never stopped reading the Torah. The year is a continuous cycle of reading because there's always more and more to learn from the words of God. We always have more ways to grow from studying the scriptures. But wait, why do we complete and restart it now? So Simchat Torah is not the start of the year. We know that Rosh Hashanah, the Hebrew New Year, was three weeks ago. So why are we starting the yearly cycle of Torah reading not at the beginning of the year? This is the answer to when I asked, how do we take our honeymoon with us, with God, into the year? How do we advance and strengthen the relationship with God throughout the entire year from what we've learned and developed over the high holidays? You see, we just spent the past 21 days of these high holy days intensely worshiping God and feeling close. Now that these days of worship and prayer are over, how do we take the closeness and the nourishment for our soul that we just collected and bring that into our yearly life? That's why we start reading the Torah again now. Simchat Torah is here to teach us how to take spirituality and inspiration with us into our everyday life. This closeness and nourishment are not just for the high holy days, it's for us to continuously have. Having Simchat Torah now at the end of the high holy day cycle teaches us how to transform inspiration into action, how to transform physical daily living into a spiritual walk with God. Because we respect what the Bible teaches us so much, we treat the Torah, the Jewish Hebrew Bible, as a living embodiment of God's word. 
Some of the ways that we treat the Torah as the living word of God is the following. So if you've ever looked at a Torah scroll, you'll realize that they are dressed up, wearing what could look like clothes, beautiful cloths covering them, actually decorated a little bit like bridal clothes. And they even have crowns hanging down because the Bible is a crown on us. If a Torah is damaged and unable to be repaired, did you know that they must be buried? We don't throw a Torah in the garbage. We don't bring it into an unholy place like a bathroom. In fact, a Torah scroll is usually kept inside of a Torah ark called an Aron Kodesh, which literally translates to the Ark of Holiness. It's usually a small wooden chamber at the front of the synagogue. The Aron Kodesh is placed facing Jerusalem, and inside Jerusalem, the Torah, or the Aron Kodesh, is actually placed facing the Temple Mount, where the Holy of Holies stood. The Ark is a reminder of the original Ark, as you might have guessed, the Ark of the Covenant, that was carried in the wilderness by the Israelites, used in the tabernacle, and later placed inside the Holy Temple in Jerusalem by King Solomon. The Ark of the Covenant contained the Ten Commandments and the original Torah that was given to Moses directly by God. We remember that Ark by placing the Torah in this chamber in synagogues across the world. This chamber is the Torah's special house, and it's also treated with the utmost respect. Opening the Ark is a special honor because the Torah itself, the living embodiment of God's word, is the holiest object in Jewish life. And during the year, the Ark is only open for specific prayers. And when we take the Torah out for the weekly Parsha, the Torah reading, when the Ark is opened, everyone stands in respect. And when we take the Torah out of the Ark for the weekly Torah reading, we do so in a processional. It is removed from the Ark and carried around the entire congregation on its way to the Bema, which is the platform that we read the Torah on. We sing songs as it's being carried around synagogue, acknowledging that the Torah is the living embodiment of God's word. And we know that he gave it to Moses to give it to us. As the Torah passes by all the members of the synagogue, many people will reach out and kiss the Torah or touch the prayer book to the Torah and then kiss the prayer book. How I just described the way that we usually treat the Torah is radically different to what happens on Simchat Torah, when the adult members of the congregation take turns holding the scrolls and dancing and singing with it. Normally, it's very serious, focused, spiritual. On Simchat Torah, it's a party, a party honoring God. So why do we celebrate something that we usually treat so solemnly in such a rowdy, dancing way. We dance and sing to get into a state of joy, to demonstrate that God's word gives us joy, that the Bible is something we joyously honor and are grateful for. Someone coming into their first Simchat Torah celebration may think it looks like a crazy celebration. The words I used before holy and unhinged, are an apt description of all these people dancing and singing for and with the Bible, dancing and singing for the word of God. 
Here's a Hasidic Jewish story about a musician that set up in a town center and started to play music. His music was so lovely and so enchanting that soon he attracted a large crowd who started to dance to the music. More and more people became drawn in by the sweet music. It soon became a large celebration. A man who had a hearing impairment passed by and saw the crowd. He couldn't figure out why they were dancing and thought, what are all these wild people doing? Before finding joy in God's word, we are all like that man. Not sure what all the hubbub is about because we can't hear the sounds. But when we stop and listen to the sweet music of the words of God and connect our hearts to that joy that the Bible and God's word gives us, then we too can't hold back our joy. And we too have no other choice but to dance and sing his words. There are two ways to connect to God and his words. The first is through our intellect, which we do by reading the Bible regularly going to Bible study classes, maybe even taking notes or meditating on God's word. But there's a second way to connect to God's word, and it's through something else that isn't related to intellect in any way. We might call it faith or passion, but it's really something that is holy and indescribable. It's the language of the heart. It's awakening our heart to God's will and God's word. Simchat Torah is about awakening our heart, connecting to God through that second way, not the intellect, but our body, our heart, letting go and feeling the words of God fill up our hearts and carry our feet and lift our voices up and around every space in the synagogue. And we dance in a circle that never ends just like our learning never ends. A circle doesn't have a starting or ending point. It just keeps going around and around, just like this learning of the scriptures. This lesson is so important that we make it a point to include the children in everything we do on Simchat Torah. I remember being a young girl, excited for Simchat Torah, so excited to see the celebrations. And my father would always place me on his shoulder so that when he was dancing around the Torah, I too could dance with the Torah and with him. Every time the Torah would come close, I would lean over and kiss the Torah, my pure childhood love for the Torah, and for God bubbling over and just pouring out of me in this joy. This feeling of excitement and joy for God's word was unlike anything else. Simchat Torah is one of the best ways to introduce children to the pure, fun, and holy joy of God's word. And including our children in their biblical inheritance is the best thing that we can give them. That's why we make such a point to include them during the high holy days, and specifically this holy day of Simchat Torah. There's even a special tradition on Simchat Torah called Kol Hana'arim, which literally means all of the youth. And as you could imagine, we call up all of the children from young until teenagers, for their chance to take part in reading the Torah. And with the whole congregation, their family, and their community members surrounding them, we give them a blessing, the priestly blessing. Yivarechecha Hashem v'yishmerecha, ya'er Hashem panave lecha v'yichunecha, yisa Hashem panave lecha v'yasem lecha shalom. May God grant you peace. May God watch over you and protect you.
So in this way, the children begin to understand that they too are included, not just in the community, not just in the congregation, but in the inheritance of the Torah, of God's word, that they are not too young to start choosing the word of God. This topic of passing on faith to our children is a lot bigger than this one small point or this one holiday. I have a whole book written on it called Generation to Generation and a podcast series with the same name. If this topic interests you, then please delve into it with me there. We'll link it in the notes. You know, on Simchat Torah, as soon as we celebrate the completion of the Torah, we start it all over again. This shows our enthusiasm to learn more, that our job is never done, that our learning is never done. Every time we finish a book of a Torah, we call out, Chazak, Chazak, Venit Chazek, strong, strong, and we will become stronger. This teaches us that as soon as we think we know everything, we need to go over and start again. As soon as we think we are strong in something, there's always more to learn. One of my favorite quotes is from Albert Einstein, who was talking to a group of second graders and said, you think you have questions about math? I can assure you, my questions are much greater. How many times have you read the Bible? Every time I read the Bible again, I see something new in the text, something new in myself, even something new in the world. I build my relationship with God stronger. I've seen big rabbis who are 95 years old who are still continuously going over the words of the Bible, starting at Genesis and learning something new every time. Do you have a favorite book that's not the Bible? What Simchat Torah comes to show us is that the Bible isn't like any other of our favorite books. It's something much more. It's divine and it's eternal. We never finish getting what we need out of it. We never finish reading it. We never get tired of it, and the words never get old. We've accomplished something great, but we will continue to grow more. And similarly, we completed the high holidays, but it's not an end. It's still the beginning of the year. And with the Bible as our continuous companion, we will take the inspiration of the holiday season into the year and continue to rise to even greater heights in our connection to God. God himself tells us how important it is to be in his word continuously and honestly how simple it is. In Deuteronomy 30, it says, Now, what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get in and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and it is in your heart so you may obey it. The Bible is within our reach. His word should continuously be near us and our heart and our life. And we can find the joy in his word every day if we just look and build that relationship. We can take his word with us in our heart through the day, even literally take his word with us. This week, I want us to look through the Bible and pick a meaningful verse and bring it with us internalize it, think about it, repeat it throughout your day. You could carry it on your heart or you could even write it on a post-it note and put it somewhere that you'll see it. 
print it out and tape it onto your journal or make it your away screen on your cell phone. Pin it onto your refrigerator. It should remind you that you have accomplished great things with God, but there is still more to do. There is always more we can do. This is a never-ending cycle, just like we never stop learning the Torah, and there is no end to our circle of dancing. So, too, you can continuously find inspiration in his word and bring it with you. Come back next week as I discuss the significance of the Sabbath for both Christians and Jews. Shavuot Tov. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.